Adam Green I uh, came on the podcast. Yeah. And I do regret one thing. I never asked him about psychedelics. Oh, did, did he take psychedelics? Well, I don't know, but... Uh, you were curious about it? I, I would venture to guess that he has that he explored that terrain. Before his allowed in, uh, endeavor. Well, and because also it uh, it mentions um, mushrooms in, in, the, in the film. Well, yeah. if you watch it, I mean, it looks like a psychedelic movie. Well, he seems psychedelic. All right. And I just think that was a ball I dropped that right. I didn't ask him about that. So... The moral of the story is I think he should be a recurring guest on the podcast. He's local, dude. We could have him again in he, September once yeah. the album's out. And he's fun to talk to. Yeah. And he's fun to listen to. So uh, I secretly hope he will uh, recommend us to Macaulay Culkin. So <laughs> we could have him on. See, you had ulterior motives. <laughs> I did. I did. No, but Adams Green's someone I've been trying to get for a long time as, yeah. uh, as an artist for one of my sessions. Mm-hmm. Does he uh, ever do it? No, I've never. He was never like promoting. So when he did Aladdin, there was no point in him coming to do like an he'd acoustic be, he'd be session. Great at that, I would think. I know. Like just acoustic. He's he's one, and Ben Queller's the other one that I've been trying to get for like forever. Uh huh. Where's just, Ben Queller live? And I at Austin maybe. Oh okay. But he was he's been off the map for like three years, and he is coming back to the city in November. Oh great. So hopefully um, through his publicist ken weinstein weinstein we can we can get him okay well anyway this is an intro about adam green and the episode is coming up now and enjoy this podcast with adam green hi this is joseph arthur thanks for checking out come to where i'm from please support us on patreon patreon.com slash come to where i'm from we are an independent podcast and any contributions you can make are greatly appreciated one thing is you have to use that microphone so people can hear you. You know how mics work. Yes. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Nice to see you, Adam Green. Hi. Uh, thank, thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on. Um, man, I've been like uh, in the universe of Aladdin. <laughs> really? Since I knew you were coming on. Oh, and, yeah. Um, and uh, that's a fun place to hang out in, man. Yeah, it's called it's called a regular world. It's <laughs> called it's called a regular world. That world. That's you know? the regular world. This is the weird world. <laughs> is it? Yeah. I mean, have you been using that uh, title for it in like uh, fiction that I've been writing? Oh, really? Yeah. The so like you know, all the, in that world with all the symbols and those p- particular colors, like yeah, we call it regular world and has a history like uh, that. Um, Mario uh is is sort of the jesus of of the uh, nintendo nintendo records yeah and so you know so like it's sort of the debate <laughs> is like you know if mario is the sort of first avatar the sort of first video game character of humans yeah then you know in, in a future world like 2000 years in the future would people debate whether or not he was actually a historical plumber or if he was like a real person or well, if he was just a character this goes right to the whole like <laughs> thing i saw like elon Musk talk about like are we living in a simulation Oh, right, right. That whole simulation theory that's sweeping the nation, that this already is a video game. So in that way, if this already is a video game, then of course Mario will be a historical figure. Right, yeah. Without a question of a doubt. Yeah, Mario, he's the (laughs) the test case, the the first, the origin. You know, but but, you know, like uh, I saw a new uh, Pixar movie. I was just in Disney World with my daughter and they they were showing the latest, like uh, there was a short film that had like all the, 
it was almost like with a, a seagull and all the little grains of sand were like accounted for and it was much more vivid than wow. you know than a normal uh, pixar thing it was like it, it, made, it made you feel like okay this i get it this could really be a video game you know we're like oh for real like it, well yeah. i mean you know it, it it's we probably we probably are in some sort of a video game you know i'm I, i'm i'm open-minded to all possibilities i think it's very possible that yeah this this is the yeah the but, na- I mean, but you know nature but, of this thing is wild but, yeah but then but then it's like yeah but then but then you have to change your definition of video game then you know you're yeah. like okay well so if we're in a video game then i then maybe like i a video game isn't what i what i was thinking it was anyway right so it's like then you're back at the same thing like you still have to live your life video game or not it's still yeah still your life yeah, I still would like to get an extra player. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> you know, um, man, but Aladdin is killer, dude. Thank I'm, you. Uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of it, and your album that goes with it is fantastic as well. Oh, the thanks. Great words, and uh, yeah, it's just really, it's fantastic. So that that was um, it was filmed on a. For people that are listening to the to the podcast that don't know, it's it's right. a film. It's like my own version of, of Aladdin. Yeah, and the lamp is a is a three D printer, mm-hmm. um, and so um, the uh, the movie is it takes place like on like a in a paper mache world, mm. which is like built in a warehouse in uh, in Red Hook, and we had to build. Like, oh, I used to live there. Oh, you used to live in Red Hook? Yeah, for like 10 years. For people that can't picture it, like, I mean, by the way, if you want to watch this movie, you can just watch it on YouTube. Just it's, type Adam Green's Aladdin into, yeah. into YouTube. You really should do yourself that favor and watch it because it's, uh, it's... The visuals alone are... Dude, it's like... It's <laughs> <we're> groundbreaking. <laughs> Thanks. You know yeah. what? So for people that, that are just listening, basically it looks like you're in a cartoon because the people are in a paper mache environment that is like... A, it looks like they're in a cartoon and it's painted like by me as and you paint as well, right? I paint too. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, yeah. it's it's fun to, to, to make sculptures and to me like this paper mache gave me the opportunity to make sculptures that look yeah. like my drawings. And I heard you say like, oh, paper mache is like a very forgiving medium. I think totally, that's yeah. kinda interesting. What do you mean by that? It just kind of dries in whatever shape that, uh, you know, that it wants to. And, then, right. you know, so there's no way to really like, at least for the way I was making it, it wasn't like ever going to be something other than just sort of like paper mache. Yeah. It just looks like uh, it looks <laughs> yeah, you just kind of like too cracked critical out. about paper mache. Yeah. It just, it, it, it's not it's like blunt. Like when you draw with a crayon, mm-hmm. that's forgiving, too. Like you draw with a crayon, whatever you draw, it looks like it's crayon. Like it doesn't look yeah. like you messed up. You can't really look like you messed up too much. Right. With a crayon. That's true. That's what paper mache is like. Yeah. So how long did it take you to build that world and make that film? And, and did you film that all on an iPhone? Is that right? Or uh, well, no, the, the Wrong Ferrari was filmed. My first movie was filmed all, all on an iPhone. Okay. It was, and it was the first iPhone that did video. So it was uh, like 2000. So. It was a really long time ago. Um, and so uh, the, the new movie, uh, or the Aladdin movie, which is 2016, was, was shot uh, on a... You know, on a real uh, red camera. Yeah, it looked good. Yeah, it looks like that actually. Yeah, I was surprised. I, yeah, okay, good. I got that confused. That would be there. cool. You know, but probably the new iPhone looks probably like you know decent. Yeah, it looks, but it looks better than that. Maybe it yeah. does. It actually looks like. Well, you know, it's crazy. I was just, I mean, legit. just like deep uh, frame rate talk or something. But like, I was watching um, with my brother's house. I was watching like a James Bond movie, and uh-huh. and it was adjusted like the frame rate for whatever the new TVs are, and it looks so weird. It like, looks too real. Like, yeah, it's yeah. Like, it looks like a, it's gone all the way back to looking like a video camera. It looks like a video again. camera, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah so like, I don't understand. It's like, it's like I, not good looking. But I think with Aladdin, the, the, um, the, the uh, director of photography, Dima Dubson, he chose to do it at a film frame rate, so it like, yeah. kind of has a film look to it. It looks nice, yeah. So 
and uh, it's an all-star cast. That's bananas. oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the <laughs> yeah. Is, so it's it's very like it has a uh, Macaulay Culkin is in the movie. Uh, yeah. Francesco uh, Clemente. That's amazing. Plays the genie. How'd you yeah. get him? You are you friends with him? Or? Well, uh, he's well, a great uh, painter for those. I I, I met him through that. yeah. He well I I learned how to how to draw from you know he he was one of the people I would look at when I was. He yeah. started to draw. Yeah. Um, but uh, Alia Shawkat, who's who plays um, my sister in the movie, I, I play Aladdin. Mm-hmm. Um, Alia Shawkat, who people you know people would know from a lot of movies. She was just in a movie called Duck Butter, but people know her for like Arrested Development. Um, oh, okay, yeah. Uh, and uh, she she uh, introduced me to him. Like I, I told her that I was I wanted somebody who was like a legend to play the genie, and yeah. and, and you know and I thought Francesco seemed genie like. I had this sort of like this moment of being like. Who's a, who's like a genie in New York? And I was like, oh, yeah, Clemente's like a like a genie. And and so I went to his studio and um, was, was super, in- stu- I was super intimidated. Well, yeah, I was gonna ask you, is that intimidating? I was definitely. Like, I mean, definitely. She sort of sent me to this I address. Been intimidated. And, you know, you get like this kind of walk up <laughs> elevator, and you know, he sort of greeted me in some kind of robe. Oh um, really? He's, you know, he kicks it in a robe. Well, he He's like, has, answering, like all of answering it, the door in a robe. Okay, no, no, bro. it wasn't like a robe. Like it wasn't like a Hugh Hefner. It's like he, Francesco. A pipe. He looks like he looks like you know like uh, Klimt or something. He has you know he wears like yeah, um, uh, yeah. So you know he has a very intense stare and he was kind of quiet. So yeah. I didn't, I really thought maybe you know maybe he does, he does really doesn't like me. I don't know or I didn't know what he thought. You know and so I was right. We were like reading through the script and. Um, you know, like I was showing him drawings and sculptures and pictures. I was doing, you know, like all this, uh, the stuff that you do to try to convince somebody to to do to do the the movie. But um, then at some point, I I was playing him music from from the film. Yeah. And at some point, I I thought to myself like I, I should probably leave because um, maybe I'm, I'm overstaying. I, yeah, yeah, exactly. Maybe I'm overstaying. So I I started making my way to the elevator, uh-huh. and he really hadn't hadn't said a lot i mean actually he laughed at a couple of lines so i was like oh he, you know maybe he thinks it's, it's okay. kind of funny yeah and uh, we were i was literally leaving yeah. and he and and i was like so yeah like i'll call you or something i don't know and he goes i will i will be your genie that's amazing <laughs> he's really good too he's got he's like a humor when he plays the part too like yeah he's funny He's great. He's great. So, yeah. did you leave when after he said, "I will be your genie"? Yeah, yeah. I left, and uh, yeah, I was like so ecstatic. I called my wife. Yeah. I, was, I was so happy. And then you probably should have written a song called "I Will Be Your Genie." I will be your genie. I mean, that's like I'll be your man, but like. Well, it's crazy because you know, genie is part slave and part god. You know, it's a weird, it's a weird dynamic. You know. That is so funny. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah, it's you're a, right. It's a, yeah, and it's also a half half being like it's it, yeah a lot of things about it but in this case he actually sleeps with your girlfriend in the film which <laughs> is also funny because i was thinking about it on my walk over here like what's the what are the genie rules like can a genie i guess a genie isn't necessarily loyal to you right can, right. can like <laughs> sleep with your girlfriend I mean, it, the funny is also like <laughs> typically not even depicted with the bottom half but right exactly how did that even work plus she liked it she loved even it. said yeah she loved it you know <laughs> but the thing is the genie like or you know for, okay because you know if you do write your own version of aladdin you're probably not doing it because you want to like retell the disney version or something you know what i mean like let's I, hope not yeah. i was i was um kind of exploring what I thought about what a genie was. And you know, the more you learn about it or the more you look into it, I mean, the word yeah. genius is the same root word as genie. And, That's you know, so and it has cool. like, it has all the, um, the, the genie, like it is almost like, I think it's like part of the, your personality as a person. Like everybody has their own genie, genie and like, you know, you, you have to like use that 
with the other parts of your intelligence to try to you know make your your way in the world and you sometimes you need to look at the genie and you're like what do you got for me genie you know like right but i mean like that's at the birth and so in a way like you know there's a Rimbaud poem from the illuminations where he says the prince was the genie the genie was the prince that was kind of my inspiration originally wow. you know what i mean just realizing that like um Wait, the prince was the genie the genie was the yeah prince. yeah it's in it's in one of his um i didn't know that yeah one of his last poems that's um, amazing but i think that the idea that there are like you know these different uh psychological apparatuses that are sort of you know when you're if you do songwriting or anything like these things are like yeah. uh you're basically like negotiating uh with yourself like you know through god so i, I almost feel like you know if I, I give myself a dramatic mission i'm like i'm gonna make aladdin and then i try to you know take the different parts of my personality and they're all the different characters and i just try to negotiate myself through the myth you know dude that was awesome what you just said i could um, we could unpack that because <laughs> the whole thing you said a bunch of things like uh, the whole being an artist is negotiating with yourself. That's I think so. Fucking great. Yeah, like I, well, a yeah. lot of times, like I like I spent yesterday basically. I went to yoga and ran, and I was okay. like, okay, I'm off to a great start today. Right. Right. And then I go home and I take and I have lunch, and I, with plans on I, I I got some spoken word thing I want to start recording. I got a painting, a right. com- commission thing. I literally sat on the, I like took a nap, but then I laid on the couch kind of semi-depressed for like four hours, like having this weird negotiation with myself going like, what is wrong with you, dude? Why can't you get up and do something? And I was just like, did you prioritize anything? Did you know what, what you wanted to, to do the most? Yeah, that maybe that's the thing. And then today I woke up and decided I'm going to start painting right away. I'm not going to go to yoga. I'm going to right, like do, right, right, I'm going right. to reverse engineer my day. But like so when you say negotiating with yourself, it just reminded me of like the last like 48 hours I've just had because yeah. it is because when you are an artist, you're kind of self-employed. Yeah, if you're lucky enough to be self-employed in that way. And you're giving yourself assignments. And, and you're giving yourself assignments. It's you like, know, like, like uh, sometimes uh, when I want to do writing, I, I take my phone and I put it on airplane mode and I put right. it in like a drawer. And then I uh, give myself like a two-hour writing assignment and I just write uh, for, you know, for two hours, just like whatever. And then um, usually like, uh, you know, sometimes, uh, oftentimes I get stoned into it. And I'll just like, mm-hmm. uh, at that I won't even look at it until two days later and then I'll like look at what I wrote. But it's like a free period for me to, you know, to, to just like almost excavate an interior landscape or something that's whatever's inside of me. You know? Yeah. Um, do you do that daily? Is that a daily thing or? I do it, you know, I. It's almost like morning pages type of thing. Yeah, or, or yeah, or I do it at, at night. So, you know, I'll, I won't do that every every day. Um, I'll. I, I think I probably write for a couple of hours a day, but sometimes, like for example, right to this um, to this show, I, I was walking um, over the bridge or something, and I'll just write on the no- notepad feature of my phone. But you know, I just keep a scroll of writing, and it's sort of like yeah. I don't really know what I'm going to do with it. It's but you know, it can be hundreds and hundreds of pages in between different projects, and I just sort of I just sort of take the lines for songs or or whatever, uh-huh. you know. But um, but you know, I try to basically I try to keep the tap flowing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because like I don't really scared about it drying up i'm just like oh, i gotta keep it keep That's it going you know yeah you got a lot of good lines a thanks lot, yeah in the movie and in the in the you, albums you know when you songs. grow older when you grow older you, i think that oftentimes you have less uh good lines so it's uh it's not that like it's actually sad because you it's not that you have none you that's what it, it would be easier if it would be easier none. if you had none then you could be like cool time to pack it in yeah the worst part is that you just have less so you have to like do uh. like more work and edit it more to get the same thing that when you were like 21 
you could have crushed just, that. All, all your shit was funny. Really? Do you believe yeah. that? I mean, well. Napoleon Hill says in Think and Grow Rich, our prime years are from 40 to 60, but that could be business years. So yeah, I don't, know. I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm not saying, I'm not trying to depress anyone because I think you can do great art until you're old. I mean, I, yeah. think, I think so. I mean, you know, I mean, at least some people I look up to, Leonard Cohen or something, uh, right. seem to have great lyrics when he was older. Um, yeah. You know, Joe Dorowski. I don't know. Lots of people do cool art yeah. when they're older. Um, like uh, I just put him in one of my poems, Joe Dorowski. <laughs> He's amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, honestly, but you know, but I do think that you're gonna you're gonna like have to edit a lot more when you're when, as you get older. I think you just have, there's too much. You know, here's the thing. Okay, I have like a duality. Like I'm a father. You know, so I I drop my my uh, daughter off at school. Uh-huh. Uh From the second I leave the uh, schoolyard, I flip. All of a sudden, I'm like. You know, in some like decadent, depraved world. Like, yeah, like I just like switch it all of a sudden, like, you know, um, I I don't know. Like I have like my own little secret garden of like whatever. Why does it have to be depraved? It's not depraved, but it's like it's it's a free world. It's a free world. It's free in in there. You know what I mean? And it's it's my garden. You know what I mean? So it's not it's not it's not like. It's just, you know, it's it's my thing. But but then, you know what I'm saying? And I'm I'm able to flip it. Do You know what I mean? Like, um. The thing is that with, uh, I'm lucky that I can flip it off and on, you know what I mean? But, but, yeah. but sometimes you just feel those forces are trying to pull you back to earth and you're like not earthbound at all. Right. And you know, I think to get a good line, to get a good line, you actually have to kind of go out, out on, a, on a limb. Yeah. So you're kind of trying to build bridges to reach these lines. And sometimes you're fucking really far out there and people are like trying to drag you back to, to earth and you're like, dude, you're I'm, like, I'm about to get minute. this fucking I'm line. To this I swear one. to God, I'm like, I'm like, I'm about to get this fucking line. If you just, <laughs> yeah, shut the if fuck you up. just like, let me do it three more minutes <laughs> yeah, just, and then like, I'll feed you. Yeah, because it's this weird thing where you start feeling like you're like in another yeah. dimension and I'm like, okay, I'm in this other dimension. Like I feel it. It's all about this word. It's all about this feeling. Mm. I can, I can feel the texture of it. I'm almost there. I'm like grasping around and yeah. it's like, I don't want to come back right now. Hmm. That's that's a weird thing about you know maybe having responsibilities. Yeah, what I, like I I guess also I think with the aging thing maybe it's about maintaining enthusiasm for for working especially like you put all this energy into things yeah. and maybe like oh I'm a little disappointed that it didn't create more of a stir this or that or the other whatever yeah. whatever enemies of enthusiasm oh, yeah, yeah, are yeah, out, totally, of yeah. which there are many of course yeah you know and it's like all, it's all about the sort of like the zen and the art of maintaining enthusiasm because I think when you're younger you're so full of belief and dreams that if like I pursue my genie or genius yeah yeah, yeah that, that it like all these like that this fantastical world will open up and then you get older and it's not really like that it's right, the right, world right. Yeah, still yeah. and you're like kind of like but the amount of energy it takes to get those great lines and to do those great works is so astounding you have to be all in yeah, you have to like, be all in to do it you have but to be then all you, but, in but in then, a way you're kind of like carrying around the circus with you all the time mm-hmm. you know what i mean because you like you have to like um you, you you need like all the tents or something to like yeah to, to be able to to do the show right so you're like <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly so how do you maintain that like because dude like not to keep blowing smoke about it but like the fact that you made that film and your album and then now your new work is this you know graphic novel comic yeah it's a it's a graphic novel okay graphic yeah. novel and an album I mean like you're maintaining a high degree of enthusiasm and like kind of like yeah just yeah how are you maintaining all that enthusiasm and sort of up leveling it feels like your enthusiasm for the 
purpose of your work and uh, well, you know, doing I, these things? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm lucky because my, my wife is really supportive of it. So mm-hmm. I have that. She's been like, edit, you know, she's been sort of helping me as an, as an editor for my last, you know, for the, for the Aladdin film. She produced it with me and for the comic book, she we wrote the storyline together. That's like, you great. know, so it's been really like that's been good at home. I have like I can talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, um, you know, just like, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I think uh, I just want to do a lot of stuff you yeah. know but that's that's like that's just you know Simple whatever that. desire yeah desire yeah but i mean you know but uh yeah i mean of course you have, it's like pretty frustrating if you think about it i mean there's it's like you know but it's like my friend always said you know turner cody like i remember i was like complaining to him one day do you know yeah. he's a great singer songwriter oh, okay. uh, folk singer but he was like you know what like you know you think you decide to be an artist and like the deal is that like you know you're gonna make like tons of money and everything's gonna be great for you like mm-hmm. that's not like traditionally how it goes like you can't like right. you know, sit around complaining like oh my god like uh, you know I wanted to make this like crazy epigraphic novel about psychedelic uh, yeah. war and like you know there's just no money for it it's like right. you know but but I accept that you know but it doesn't mean that I don't think that you know that that there should be I don't you know some ideal universe I think that yeah. you know I I wish that there was it was like uh, encouraged that for people to take odysseys or whatever you want to call it yeah well i think in the i think it will totally i mean it already pays off for you but i think it's going to pay off as i think history will be really kind to you because there's not enough people like you frankly like thanks not enough like like you know when i watch that film i'm like man this is like what people used to do like really creative (laughs) shit you know like well it's been fun you know to have like to have uh, movies that go along with your with your music you yeah know, like i mean you know because you grew up um you know uh, with a lot of the stuff in the in the 60s like frank zappa bowie beatles like they all have movies right. associated it reminds with different me albums of the beatles or t-rex when he made wild it's fun you know yeah. you know and it makes i think it does add it adds a dimension to um you know to the people that you're you know to to, to music that you're listening to to, to think that there are yeah. films that go along with them um, that's true you know um but also just it t- teaches me about about um you know like writing stories and stuff yeah uh teaches me about i, I think it's discipline you know like yeah. to actually to actually sit around and say i'm gonna have to have this structure happen because yeah. when i was younger i didn't have that i just I, I i would never have written something that had a plot yeah you got some discipline i guess that's kind of what i've been trying to get after like where are you getting all your discipline from yeah it's like you have to kind of just like and is that like, growing uh, as you're getting older i guess you're saying it is think that on one hand it grows i mean you know you try to learn about a new subject area um and you know apply those things that you you learned from the last time um yeah. but you know it's kind of like i think there's um what do you like uh, there's what's that there's like a learning method um for uh uh some, some kids go to schools um steiner or something or i don't know what i don't know what's called but it's like a, a learning method where you know you you try to you learn about one thing and then you try to attach everything to that thing. Hmm. You know, so for example, when I was learning about, um, uh, I learned about Cy Twombly because I really like, I really like his Man, paintings. I love Cy Twombly. He's great. He's you one know, of my favorites. Okay, okay. So I read a book about Cy Twombly uh-huh. by uh, Richard Lehman, I think his name was. Yeah. Um, and uh, I wrote down all the little references because it was a very thorough book that had all of the sub notes of each painting and what it was referencing. Oh, really? So I wrote it all down. Then I looked up all those things. And then I learned all about the history of Rome and Greece through knowing those paintings. So it, it, gave, me, it gave me something to, to latch it on to. You know, like I was really interested in learning about perfumery, and I learned about it through apparently David Bowie smelled amazing. Do you know, you know this about Bowie? No. <laughs> okay, so this is apparently a very, it's a very famous thing that Bowie was 
smelling amazing. incredible. Like, I mean, like this makes like, me want to try harder oh, to smell better, dude. He apparently <laughs> and everyone and, and when he died, a lot of people talked about it, including the Strokes, uh, who smelled him in person. Wow! And um, they got that, to smell Bowie. And they said it was incredible. <laughs> Where did um, they collaborate with him? They, I guess he had come to one of their shows. So, so anyway, so I kind of was like, oh, you know, thinking about this one day, and when he when he had died, I, you know, was sad about it, and then um, I was I was reading this article, and it was talking about you know what did what what did he wear? You know, everyone, I think the Arcade Fire, lots of people had had like a, you know, like a, they were remembering his smell. Was it his pheromones or was it a scent that he like bought at an I airport? Th- I think that duty he free. I don't think that he bought it at an airport. But <laughs> Dude, that's where I buy all my scents. Yeah, but I think duty I th- free. That's the only time I think like, oh, maybe I'll get a scent. Yeah, because I'm going through duty free and I'm not going to get the cigars or the bottle of tequila. It's but. kind of funny though. I, I like that at duty free. Like I like that it's whether it's whether it's fragrance or whether it's it, it's it's vodka. It's still an alcohol product. Like yeah. they're still somehow selling you something that's alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> but um, oh, but anyway, so so but so I learned about perfumery, which I was studying for a few years. But I, I don't, I'm not an expert at it. But it's just something I'm interested in. I learned all about it through my initial research into what David Bowie might have worn. That's wild. Yeah. And what did you, com- did you come to any conclusion about what it could be? I'm not convinced of anything that I heard. Right. I mean, like I've smelled the things that it, people say it could have been, and it doesn't seem like that it was any of those things. I and mean, people say that it could have been Silver Mountain Water, or it could have been um, uh, Minotauri by Paloma Picasso. Uh-huh. Uh, I, if you smell these things, I, I don't think that that's what strokes we're talking about maybe it was a mixture of one of these fancy scents he and could, he, his pheromones exactly that, he probably smelled good anyway but they, he probably got a custom i uh, don't need bowie to be great at yet another thing <laughs> like this is sort of disappointing to me in a weird way like really bowie gets to be great at another thing yeah, you know, like you, he was you, already actually, great at everything even when i was like, watching the james bond movie i was thinking i was like you know bowie was even kind of bondish like in his in his old age like he had everything going on dude his last album was still killer yeah, too yeah. He was he was obviously like you know uh, what do you call it he is the uh, uh, you know one of the great people that you like can measure how great people are by just comparison yeah you know, it's like uh, yeah um, I wanted to say this about artists too like Duchamp was like he was a tutor right, right. like that's how he made his money oh is that true I mean I, I thought you meant like symbolically no he was a two he made his money that way like wow. he was not like he didn't get rich but just but back when we were talking about like yeah being an artist isn't necessarily like this get right, rich quick right. scheme yeah but, I mean, you know it is it's like a calling and the funniest thing is that now the more you do the different kinds of things if you do a movie mm-hmm. if you do a comic like they're all callings in themselves and then you know the idea of trying to do all of them is a calling like you know like uh uh like i got into um like cocteau who did the Beauty and the Beast? He did his own version. Mm-hmm. That was one of the inspirations for me to make Aladdin. Yeah, that and, and Jodorowsky and some different people that sort of do complete art. Oh right. Where they do like kind of total artworks in the sense that they, you know, they they write the script and then they sort of prepare the set and the yeah. whole. Fellini does that, you know. But you know, even even to the extent where you can make the music or write it all. Yeah. Um. That that became an interesting thing to me is like the calling of complete artworks. Um, yeah. So so that's to me like it's like if you're at a holy uh, you know, if you if you go to like the top of the summit of Everest and there's like a monastery up there and, you know, there's like this one monk and, and you're like, I want to make total artwork. And they're mm-hmm. like, OK, well, like, you know, you're not allowed to come into this temple until you do this and this. Like, can you draw? Yeah. Can you sing? Can you you know, can you write? 
can you paint can you you know whatever act i don't know not, you know not, not that i can do all these things so well but yeah. you know what i'm saying you, you you get the feeling that this is this is like this entryway into this this other like this this like hyper art that you can like be part of yeah well, you know you what i mean pulled it, you pulled it off thanks like you did man that's trying like, mm. no you you've done it and you know may you continue to do that but like uh for sure that like aladdin odyssey yeah. is like yeah jodorowsky like kind of like remi- reminiscent of that too that kind of like just yeah but you know but I, but I think that you know like you know you know and like you, you're involved in doing all these disciplines and I, you mm-hmm. know and, I, and you know what i mean and i feel like you you can do that and i can i can see the vendor doing that and yeah jeffrey lewis and there's there's people that i think can do this thing yeah. too i mean I just, it's not it's just like a yeah you know if you want to build all your own rooms and stuff well, you yeah know? you ran the four minute mile though now we know it's possible right, right. now it's like yeah okay we can do it now because you did it what came first the genie or the bottle did you want to uh, make oh yeah you bought you found that you found the lamp in a antique store oh, yeah, yeah. and then, then you like carried it around with you to like to like make good on your promise to yourself to make the film right yeah because now that i think about it like it, it, it was you know from the outside kind of a weak commitment i mean the sense that like i i knew i wanted to make aladdin but um there was no real script yet i mean there was kind of a script and uh i i w- i decided to make the album first so it's pretty weird to like so the basically music was first? yeah it was, it's kind of it's kind of weird to like go to los angeles to like get a band together to make the soundtrack for a movie that's kind of not really real yet but um but you know in my mind i was i was definitely going to do it so to do it like i i had this lamp and I, w- I brought it in the suitcase and like, I was like, okay, I have the lamp. That makes Which, sense. But, but you know, with, I didn't end up using the lamp. And you know why? One of the reasons I didn't end up using oh, it. Oh, that wasn't the lamp? In well, the it was like I, I, a, I, ba- I based the lamp on it. But, but the yeah. reason. Like a squash. It looks like a, look, it looks like a gourd, yeah. Oh, yeah you know, and, 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 okay, I got it from an antique shop that was in the West Village that I don't even know is still around anymore. Well, it, for the purpose of this story, it's no longer around. I don't think so. Like yeah. it, it would never existed yeah, for the purpose of this. It story. was like the place like, in Gremlins. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was weird, but but like um, <laughs> it really was. But but the That's uh, funny. <laughs> but you know, so oh yeah, like just the uh, when I went yeah when I went out there oh that I I got scared that I if I lost the lamp, I thought if I lose the lamp you lose the, 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 the no I thought the mo- the movie's over because um because uh. I can't make it again. Like, how can I make this intricate metal-worked uh, lamp right. again? Yeah. Like, so, so I thought like it actually I could ruin the movie if by by losing this lamp. I, yeah. I would have this one prop that's irreplaceable. Mm-hmm. Like, you ne- you definitely want two of them if you were gonna make a yeah. a whole film about it. Yeah. So and and it was just the idea, this like psychological idea of the genie that was like really compelling you towards this. So, towards aladdin right like i think so i mean you know that was there was that just like any i had made this painting a long time ago for for pioneer works uh for the i had i had done an art show at at pioneer works uh, mm-hmm. which is uh red i don't know Hook, if you believe dustin yellen started this yeah. art center it's a great place um, yeah beautiful but uh i had done this art show and one of the paintings was a painting of aladdin and princess jasmine crashing into the world trade center on a flying carpet wow you know and so that was like uh uh just some image that I that that I thought of that was like I guess satirical I don't know what it was so I just sort of made this this um this um uh painting and then um for some reason that 
spawned into this whole other idea like well what if this was like an actual movie and i was making my own aladdin and i you know i was thinking about that rimbo poem and um yeah you know just like anything you just have an idea like even that war in paradise like my new graphic novel is called war in paradise Uh that's like an idea i had around the same time i was like well what if you make an epic like war movie you know what i mean so you just it's whatever you get into your head into things some things stick and some things don't i mean like i had this idea that i want to make a hanukkah epic like, you know, because I was thinking there's all these movies like Christmas um, epics. Well, yeah, there's all the, you know, you can find so many, so many biblical epics. Like you can find so many, but no one ever made like a, like a gladiator style film about Hanukkah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is a war story, you know? I didn't Same know that. Era, yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like there was, there's never been like a real epic Hanukkah movie. And I was like, oh, it'd be so great to tell that story. Like, you know, in the, in the tradition of, of grand. Yeah. Like Russell starring Russell. Yeah. Yeah. But Hollywood's going to steal. Your yeah. Right. Idea. Well, they can, they can have it, you know, yeah. but so that, that, so that's, that's an example of an idea that I've had for a while, but I don't know that I'll ever follow through with, you know what right. I mean? So, some, some ideas you have and you know that you're kind of not going to do it. Yeah. Is the new one, the, the, um, war in paradise. War in paradise thank you. Is that, is that kind of like, is there an AI element to that? Like, is yeah. this like about kind of AI sort of vibe? Or yeah, what? yeah. Well, my, my wife Yasmin works for Google, so um, oh, okay. So a lot of our discussions at at home center around technology. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's like kind of uh, what do you call it? Subversion of like uh, subversion of freedom. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. Fire, firewalls, uh, uh, yeah. dis- disinformation, yeah. all kinds of things. You know, I mean, like even the uh, Russian trolling or. These are all subjects that came up, you know, years before I heard about in the news. Okay. You know, because they were they were researching it. Oh, I see. Uh, you know, and and um, so uh, they were getting ready to plan it in us already. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you know, with uh, so so we're, we're interested in AIs and um, and and some of the futurist stuff, like reading uh, Kurzweil's book, How to Create a Mind, and different mm-hmm. things um, that got me into the idea of, you know, of uh, uh. In, in my in my story, the AIs are called insects, mm-hmm. and they're you know that that's part of uh, inspired because you, whenever you see the new prototype of a robot from mm. Boston Dynamics, I always feel like they model some of the features after insect legs and stuff. You, have mm-hmm. you noticed that? I have noticed. It's almost that. like it's almost like the more advanced the like, robot, the why more do you of an make insect. it look so monstrous? Are you just yeah. trying to freak <laughs> us out? Because we're already freaked out. By yeah. the way, you could like make it look. Yeah. Make it look like a Smurf or something. I don't know. That would be nice. <laughs> you know? yeah, it's like like, a, does it have to look like a fucking evil insect, dude? <laughs> you Seriously. know, there is there is an otherness to insects, um, yeah. you know, in general, and and you know, but I think that it has something to do with some kind of aerodynamic aspect to the design. Yeah, that's. By what the they way, say. they're trying to give us nightmares. They have a restaurant here that I ate at recently. We're serving bugs over on uh-huh. First Avenue. Have you checked it out? No, Black I'm, Ant. I'm gonna go. It's I a be- bug 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 restaurant. I believe in it. <laughs> I think if you eat a bug, I had ant drops once from Irwan and I don't know I don't yeah it know. was you know it's who knows it, it was it was not like so delicious but it tasted like food okay um what's it called it's called black ant black ant okay it's just a little it's honestly it's not the flavor it's just the texture is challenging all right um, but like uh oh I was gonna say that um so yeah so so uh there's these insects but they're not they're robots and they're hyper intelligent and they're they're like artistic and expressive and in a way like they're in this world, in regular world at this time, mm-hmm. which is sort of it's set in like the Aladdin world of future. Uh, they're they're kind of replacing people, or they're taking everybody's jobs, yeah. or whatever. Even people have the same kind of concerns with Im- insects that they have with the immig- with immigration, mm-hmm. and uh, people are, um, 
you know, the, the world is like 5% employed, you know, rather than unemployed. You know what yeah. I mean? There, there's basically like no jobs and everyone's working for tips. And it's sort of like, it's like a dystopian world. And it's run Which by this like sort of... where uh, we're heading towards or already here. Yeah, it's, sad, it's sad to say, but, uh, you know, people, a lot of people do say that there's going to be uh, 50% less jobs in 20 years or something. Or yeah, less. it's I mean, like obvious. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, I was just in uh, LaGuardia uh, and everything was automated. Like, I mean, yeah. like, it, it was like... The whole airport was just one giant iPad. Yeah. You know, and you could, like, there was no people working there. No, I mean, and also, it's like, yeah, we just, do you ever, like, check out any David Icke stuff? Mm. A little bit. Like, I mean, I know that he does the lizard people, right? Yeah, but that's what always comes up, and that's what I thought. So I always just automatically, like, if he would come up on my YouTube, suggest this guy, like, I'd be like, mm, I'm not into the lizard people thing. I, I'll what think else I'll, is there? It's actually he's actually really smart, and it's actually like recent talks. He never brings up lizard people, but just brings up a bunch of stuff that that just is actually very reasonable and like exactly like what's sort of happening about how the internet came and has like it, at first it was like this completely censor free right. scene, and it's like the uh, you know the the concept of the toad being slow boiled in the pot. Suddenly, our freedoms are being taken away you know right, it sta right. you starts off you know like banning alex jones and oh that's okay because it's alex jones right, right, but then right. now they're banning like keto channels and just like banning this banning that yeah. banning that so yeah, it's like it also becomes this horrible thing where like you know all of a sudden you know like it's almost as if everyone is like uh held up to the standard as like the the most outrageous thing that one person wants to say becomes symbolic of everyone's freedom to talk freely. Well, exactly. You know, like, um, free, uh, yeah, there's no more freedom of speech. And if you say something that goes against the like approved narrative, then you're a fascist and, yeah, and all yeah. this other stuff. So everybody's scared into silence. Yeah. And how like and the other thing he says is how like with AI, like we get used to like first they get us used to like just ho holding this thing all day long. And then all of a sudden we put our earbuds in. So we got earbuds in all the time. But then now they're developing a chip and it's just getting more and more like, you mm -hmm, know, mm -hmm. we're going to become more and more robot like. Yeah. Like yeah. the new human. They're going to sell us on becoming superhuman. Right. By like right. that. If you put this chip in, you know, you'll. Right. You know, we're going to, you know, people say, I would never do that, but everyone's going to end up doing it. Yeah, like doesn't, in the new, uh, you've, I might be paraphrasing, but the new uh, Yuval Harari book, or the guy that wrote Sapiens, he has like a new book. I thought he was sort of talking about a class of superhumans or, you know, there uh -huh. being a division point, you know, where like the people who had a lot of money were basically going to invest only in becoming superhumans. And then, you know, it was going to separate them from the other people that couldn't afford that you know and I, right i mean it almost does make you turn into like it makes the people that don't have anything turn into almost like a class of of like prostitutes or like feudal vassals right you know what i mean um because how like, do you mean uh, that well just because like you know you, people have nothing and the people have everything it's yeah. almost like the people who have nothing are like at the you know they're like at the free will disposal of, uh, of the people that have everything yeah but um but like uh the uh yeah so i, I what I'm actually really interested in CRISPR. Uh, you know, I've heard about it. You know, people are doing gene modifying tools, and it sounds like almost uh, pro tools for genes. Right. You know, it sounds like you're in a recording studio, but you're, you know, and, and then in that what case. What, and they can print you up? Like, well, that's so well, funny because that goes to your Aladdin film. Like, that it's like printing up, like that your genie can print up anything. Can print anything, yeah. That's what I like about what you're doing, too, because you are referencing and acknowledging what's happening now around us and stuff too that's pretty cool thanks you know i, mean, I, yeah. I, I think about you know uh well I, I do think about the uh the sort of just like the, i think maybe the meaning of like you know what it 
if everything is changeable, you know, like uh, for example, if 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 you can change your genes and you can re mm -hmm. reinject new genes right. into yourself and change your DNA during your lifetime significantly to what you want, yeah. then like in a way, like we're almost like a walking a JPEG file. Yeah, you know what I mean? Are we like a walking file that can be modified? Yeah, and then you, I don't know if you people figure out some kind of yeah. like like life longevity uh, reversal or something, then you really become just like a, like a, you know, it, it the, the idea of change becomes, I mean, I guess people already kind of know that everything changes and that's part of like being alive. Right. But I mean, it does feel like, you know, when you're here and you're at like the front of reality and like, you're just like, literally like you, you're like front facing at the, you're, you're like the tip of now yeah. just all the time. And it's, it just starts to feel like a little bit of like a comedy because you're just like, like, I, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't even, um, well, dude, I, 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 don't, I don't want to. I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to depress everyone about no, it. No, dude, um, this is great. What you're saying, the tip of now and at the front of reality, like these are good lines too. Just like I'm writing, <laughs> I'm gonna write down your lines, dude. <laughs> but everyone the tip is, of now is like, why do explain why do you think that becomes a? I, I kind of understand what you mean, but explain why you think being at the tip of now all the time becomes almost comedic. Well, it's, I, I almost feel like it's like it's almost like there's a firewall around the moment. <laughs> That's awesome, you know? dude. That's another good line. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, there's some kind of a, uh, it all that, that that's the worst part about being about being now is you're like, oh shit, I'm like stuck. Like, there's a, there's some kind of spiky firewall around the moment. It's always you know? now. What do you mean by a spiky firewall around the moment? There, it just feels like um, that. Uh, yeah, I don't really know how to explain what I'm saying. Right. Um, I I mean. Uh, I, I I guess I'm just I think I'm just describing I'm not describing anything meaningful I'm just describing a, like a hopeless feeling you know yeah, but uh, but I, yeah. I I think um, emotional state yeah almost. like but I, I I don't I get it you know but I I don't think that um you know that that always has to be the case that that it is like a hopeless feeling but um I do feel like um uh it's difficult to or you have to kind of change your your idea of of meaning if if you're going to talk about everything around you being subject to like the rules of 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 an editor that is like live editing everything around you interesting uh, you know um so yeah so it's almost like the hand of god is like mm. is like on a you know and we were talking about the computer thing yeah a video game thing but if you really can go into a gene editing software and then manipulate it things, becomes more and more like that yeah then you are you are sort of playing pro tools with yourself do you think there's a conspiracy against empathy and against humanity like it's like there is this like where is all this going and is this going towards us becoming more and more like computers and right, just becoming right. like and so is there a so what is what why are they trying to shut down free speech why are they yeah, trying so to shut down these things are they trying to shut down humanity and replace us it's funny yeah i wonder what spent you know i saw spencer tunic was on the show last i wonder what he would say about it but um, I, but, yeah. but but i was you know i do feel like uh i what, mean like oh, a couple things about it one is that um you know like uh uh i guess um, let me think. I I had so many things to say. <laughs> I had so much. Uh, yeah, like uh, uh, I guess that there's you know okay you know we live in a world with more people you know so mm -hmm. as more people come into the world you know right. like we have less and less space so it kind of makes sense that as more and more people are like in the world that you have like less and less individual freedom because you're like have less literally less physical space to like to like 
move, move around in. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so, so probably every, it, w- it would almost make sense if someone said every time that there's more people or that you look to an era where there used to be less, people would be like, ah, I could really stretch out back then. You know, there was like more mm-hmm. freedom. Cause like, you know, so that maybe that it's could be, it could be as simple as that. Um, you know, uh, I like the, uh, what you said about conspiracy against empathy. I mean, uh, it does seem like there's no empathy lessons or something that are being given. Um, yeah. And it seems and like there, there's, a, there, there, there's a kind of a condemnation uh, mindset, you know, that's sort of like pervasive, you know, like, uh, um, you know, if you have like, uh, groups of people that are sort of, you know, like looking to, you know, kind of like point fingers and say, you know, my life isn't going right because of, because of you, because of, you know, when it's actually just a matter of like, just, there's just not a lot of space for anyone, you know? Right. But, uh, I think it's just, they're trying to, we're, they're just, it's fear and control. Like they just want, they want people afraid and controlled and also shamed you know mm, yeah like the whole idea of like weaponized like porn is a weaponized industry that's like keeping people in like locked in these like little shame closets you right know? right right like uh yeah just and and just yeah it's like i almost want to say to the the like to all that energy whatever is like what gives <laughs> like why don't you just why can't you just let me be great you know like, <laughs> you like know, also you know just the idea that um you know that if you're uh you know that if you're not involved in in certain kinds of apps that like you might be considered to be unemployable to everyone really soon mm. you know what i mean that it seems like oh, uh, right. you like, know what i mean like almost like let's just say that 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 uh not having a, a account on instagram or something right makes you the equivalent of of being a, a vagrant yeah you know what i mean like um it's almost like your those things become your id that's true you know and your um, popularity and your sort of uh yeah all so, that becomes more significant you know but then but then i think what i get worried about is the idea that then the uh acceler- the acceleration of um of the speed of of the all the things you're expected to input into those devices so then um you know like uh let's just say that we're theoretically living in this sort of uh game where you have to like post this many things and yeah. like this many things and do this many things and then like you know somebody's like speeding it up and up and up and up and like you can't even keep up you're like supposed to do all this stuff and right. it's like you know and uh you know uh and then if you don't have it if you don't have the app you're like useless to everyone you're like not even part of participating in the world yeah so uh, you're almost erasing yourself. You know, and my friend was the other day was saying, you know, oh, it's a clear parasite. Like, I mean, anyone looking at it would just say this is a clear, a clear scourge on humanity. Like, it's you know, you, like you know, people are being hypnotized, and it's completely, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as an artist, you try, I think, to show people something from an unhypnotized world. I right. mean, you know, that's like the idea is like, I mean, hopefully, anyone's looking up from from their phone just to see a picture, or maybe they're seeing it on their phone, but they're, but they're looking up or they're looking into into yeah. your work to see something that's unhypnotized because that at least elicits like an emotional feeling to, to see it, you know? And that is exactly what I think makes me respond to what Aladdin and what you've put out, like is cause it feels like it's coming from that time, like that pre-hypnotized time. Thanks. Yeah. You know what? You do, my hope is that honestly it feels like people's souls are having a conversation as opposed to the way that people relate to each other and talking. Cause you know, when people are talking, I've noticed I do too. Everyone does that. You talk about like, the weather or some stuff, and then yeah. you know, and then and then and then theoretically, like for for me, the my my fantasy is that everyone falls asleep, and then their dreams talk to each other, you mm-hmm. know, and then and then and then that's the communication realm in which like the the movies I'm making are 
are operating in. People are sort of having, it's almost like we fell asleep and all of our ghosts or spirits started having the actual conversation. You know what I mean? And and, uh, we could forget about it, you know. But, you know, but, you know, and this is points to what you were saying before about about people and empathy is that we're all 10 seconds away from feeling happy. I mean, if somebody just jams like a chemical into into us, like, you know what I mean? It's it's kind of incredible that we're we're actually so close to joy that has nothing to do with us. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, uh, so I I almost I almost what do you mean by we're so close to joy that has nothing to do with like uh, like you could feel so stressed out or, or, or something, but somebody mm-hmm. could give you a chemical, which wouldn't make you feel great. Love. Like, yeah. It could be love, but it could, <laughs> it could just be, you know, it could just be Klonopin or something. But, <laughs> but, but, it, but, but that's actually what, you know, in regards to the, to the slow boil, oh, in regards to the slow boil <laughs> yeah. thing, you know, I, that's actually what kind of freaks me out is the idea that, um, you know, that through your communication with all these devices that, you know, you're, you're, you're gradually slowly administered all these substances, which just like, serve to take the edge off enough because you they know that it's you it's, you have so much anxiety to push all these buttons and do all these things you're supposed to be doing on on these uh, on your phone or whatever that like they they just start like part of your relationship with all these devices is that it administers you the appropriate anxiety you know thing to just really turn you into, yeah. into a plant you know yeah i practice hot i mean this is like the, this then ain't meant to set so it's not meant to sound self-congratulatory but it's meant to just be like a good thing i think it's like i practice hot yoga or yoga every day like i go to a right, class right. and do that and do like and and it it gets me out of my phone for at least two hours a day because like while i'm in the class i'm not looking at my phone and then i make sure i don't turn it on and like for my whole walk home like i have like a little rule like that it's cool yeah and so i keep the meditative vibe so at least like two hours for sure i'm not going to look at my phone at all which is like really good which is pretty good and it's like do you have anything like do you do any kind of thing away from that tech i mean you're you're a family man and everything like that so you probably have all kinds of things sure yeah but you don't get the chance all the time because you have to have um you have to be able to be contacted when you have like uh, kids at uh, school and stuff so you have to like have you have to have um you know, be available, but right. in general, yeah, I mean, I try to just not look, I mean, I try to, I mean, this, it's, I guess it's going to sound really like, really like, you know, boring to the people listening, but I just mean like, for example, if I do email, mm-hmm. I just do like the ones for today and then I don't look at the responses and I just do those tomorrow. I just, right. I just like have like a sort of once over every day. Right. Just cause like, I'm just like, I'm not gonna, I can't, I yeah. can't be doing this all day. So this is like, yeah. this is today's and then tomorrow's the new, the new, the next ones. Yeah, no, that's um, helpful to people, know. I think, like to hear stuff like that. Here, like that's why I say things like that too. It's like just here's a helpful suggestion. Yeah. That's a helpful suggestion. Yeah, no, I mean that might not work for dealing, someone. That, like, that probably doesn't work for someone who has like you know not an artist life or something. Yeah, you know, yeah. I don't know. yeah, that's cool. That that phone call you get when it says uh, school nurse. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude, home, come on. And then you're like, oh my day's screwed. Now. Oh I'm dude, it happens all the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, there's always something. You don't know about that. I don't yeah, know yeah, about it. A... <laughs> I would like to know about it. I want to have kids one day. <laughs> you can, yeah, you can, you can have the best day planned. You're like, I'm going to go, yeah. you know, take a walk. I'm going to go to the museum. I'm going to go write a song. And then you just get this call and you're like, oh, uh, I'm not going to do anything. Right. <laughs> I'm just going to pick up my kid. How many kids do you have? Uh, two. Two. How old are they? Uh, almost five and uh, six, six months, seven wow. months. Wow. Congratulations. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, you know, but it's funny. It's like, 
you kind of have to have a rule. You're like not going to talk about your kids. Like, yeah, I was. I actually already well, sensed oh, that right away. Like, oh no, I, only because I, I kind of feel like it's so boring for everyone. Honestly, uh, we can also edit anything out. No, I don't mean me like that. I just yeah. meant, no, I just meant like, like I, I honestly think like if you you know like it's it, if you have kids, it's fun. You can just talk about. It. If you don't, it's so so boring. Like I I didn't want to hear about anyone's kid before I had them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I really didn't. Like people bring up their kids, I'd be like la 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 la. Not did not want to want to meet yeah. you know. Well, let's talk. Let's go to your music a little bit, like because uh, I really like the style of production and the new single too. What's that one called? Oh yeah, "Cheating on a Stranger." Oh, yeah, um, and there's also some other cheating references in in Aladdin. Yeah, it's been kind of funny. Like, um, I like uh, "Cheating on a Stranger" is a great. Yeah, the kind of yeah, it's like it's kind of like a listenness of that. You know, I think it's exciting, and like I think, um, you know, as far as, um, but you know, there's sort of been this idea of. Uh, it was something I thought of a while ago, just that everyone's cheating on each other and kind of like, I, I like things like that, that kind of form a fractal in my mind. You know, like there's been sort of, um, there's some kind of um, like cannibal nature to the universe or something. Like, you know, I was reading this book that was sort of insinuating that, you know, that the universe sort of hands itself to itself and that we sort of experience that accordion-like feeling as time. You know what I mean? Um, Dude, you speak in poetry, man. It's <laughs> kind of awesome. Uh, thanks. Yeah, the fra- like uh, explain that things that fractal in your mind. What do you yeah, mean? Yeah, like by just that? sort of like I don't know, it's just something when I you have a line like everyone's cheating on each other and you it feels kind of like a fractal like, or What like, is a fractal like? Uh I don't really know if it's a fractal, but there's some sort of like, um it, it kind of almost like explodes in your mind a yeah, little like bit. Yeah, like I in my head I picture it sort of like uh there's sort of a snake eating its tail or there's some kind of thing about it like uh that makes me feel like um you know that that i'm going you know t- sort of taking a first uh step into uh like a like a side world you know where there's like uh like kind of some kind of it's almost like the world is sort of like a shell and i'm kind of going under the shell of it i don't know it feels good to me like to to feel to, to have those kind of images and so that's what i'm kind of searching for if yeah. i'm if i'm trying to write lyrics you know just sort of images that make me feel like that there's a um that there's like a parallel dimension that uh is more like uh real than this or something or i i don't even know like a spirit world i don't know what it what's called not spirit world it was probably the wrong thing just sort of like that there's a reason behind a reason mm-hmm. you know and then i think that in that you can kind of feel a bit feeble uh because you can you can only get so far i mean you know you see uh uh work of other people for example like i don't know like i'll feel like see some stuff um from uh we were just talking about this about david berman you know who just had just died uh, yeah rest in uh, peace yeah it's so, so sad um, very sad but yeah. he, but he, uh, berman had certain lines that are so far reaching and you're like oh my god this guy's like i mean just like he just from a certain angle just had such a vivid like grasp of things that are like very very hard to reach um, so I, I, but it puts them in simple ways. Yeah, too. yeah. So like you do that too, like put, putting something in a simple way, but it is far-reaching. Thanks. I mean, you know, that that's a huge compliment. I I I, fi- I find that I that his stuff um just was uh you know I just hold it in a very high regard, and I I just thought like wow, I mean, just like I felt like you know this kind of guy who was sort of employing to be like a cosmonaut of like you know of uh reality you know who's like out in the far reaches of sensitivity about like what the future feelings of the world are you know and this guy like we're depending on this guy to do this and it's just you know just uh sad that um that that it, that it ended yeah um you know and uh 
Uh, but yeah, but anyways, Actual but it, but Air uh, is such a good book. It's an amazing book, you know. It uh, is. And I, I felt that way when I first heard uh, read William S. Burroughs, where I just like, I mean, and, and you know, in, in, in this actually mean? in um this actually in in, in in relation to what you were saying about censorship and things, you know, you have to remember that these William S. Burroughs books and stuff. I mean, were, were a horde, you know. I mean, at the time, like, I mean, it, it couldn't have been, you know, more uh, illicit to 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 publish a OMS Burroughs book, you know, yeah. but it's just weird that like now everyone wants to like, they want to like have their punk and they want to like, they want to have their know, punk. They, and they yeah. Yeah. Too. Yeah. It's like, it's kind of like, it's like, do you want, you know, do you want stuff to be outrageous enough that you think that it shouldn't be said? I mean, cause mm. that's what these, all these things that people, you know, that they treasure, you know, are like at one point they're, 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 they're almost illegal. Well, yeah. But that whole um, sort of, it's like, the, yeah, the, the mob of political correctness that can socially shame you on the internet and turn your yeah. life into hell, like, if you do, like, push push limits, like, there, so there's no more, so everybody becomes less, more and more risk-averse and right, scared right. into silence, and, and uh, it's already happening, and... Yeah, the scary yeah. part is it's already happening to a scary degree, but yet it like, but yet like you ain't seen nothing yet. Right, right. Like that's the thing. Like it's like, and where does it end? You know, like is I gonna start? Yeah, like, you know, you do think about that. You know, like for example, like uh, performing an old song or something. Uh, I think to myself, like, oh, you know, if somebody has a problem with these lyrics, like you know, they could they can rest assured being that they've already won. Like, you know, no one will ever write a song like this right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, like, even if you, even if you don't like one of my old songs, you know that you've already won because they will never be written. Yeah. Like, you know I mean? Like, so I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, and which is, you know, it's, it's, it's a weird feeling. Um, it is a weird feeling. I don't want to live in a place where, you know, I, I, I really, 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 really dig freedom of speech. Yeah, me too. You know, I'm a big fan. Yeah. yeah it's weird but it's like how do you be, how do you just like really like free speech and we really want art you know and there to be special yeah. special places for art and special considerations for creativity where people can do all this stuff without becoming the whatever jordan peterson of indie rock or some crap you know it's like i think it's like you need to like uh i just feel like it's almost like there needs to be uh you know what i mean like i don't know i i guess i get disappointed with like you know how you know appreciating you know expression and, and freedom of that gets conflated with every single person who has any opinion on youtube you know it's uh but also you know something that some, somebody well, said that's recently why you, where you ca that's why you have to allow for people like what you think jordan peterson should be uh ed edited or whatever or is that what you're no, saying no no I, I don't feel that way but i'm just saying like yeah i'm just saying like it, it's just it's just annoying that if i'm gonna say oh you know i Hey, you know, I. By the way, I think that these William S. Burroughs books are awesome, or I think. Then you, I, I, you I, become, think, I think my old. Oh, I you're think then my, you're becoming the Jordan Peterson. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, yeah then, yeah. then it's like you know, it has well, nothing to do with that, each other. You know, there that is that's the double bind that they have everybody in. That, yeah. That's you just hit the nail on the head. Right. That's the double bind. It's like because it's like if you if you speak out for freedom of speech now all of a sudden you're an alt-right fascist right 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 and when did that happen yeah like you know what i mean like well, just, that, that, just whole, the fact a, that that's even in your head yeah is like ding dong ding dong ding dong on like the fucking uh what's the name of your new book what uh warren warren to paradise well i don't know why i looked at him but warren yeah. to paradise yeah like you know i don't know that book yet but right. like you know just the whole yeah just like the future world the fact that that's already in your head is yeah. to me 
super alarming yeah, there are, in they, and of itself there are because of, we should be able to we should be able to be champions of freedom of speech without fear of being considered an alt-right right of course yeah you know uh champion of, right, a, right. of any kind you know yeah you know yeah, and that's that's the point you know it's like yeah and i think more and more people need to just speak plainly about this like this right. so that this doesn't happen because yeah. the the less people are willing to speak the the harder it's going to become to speak like it, it will become more dangerous to right, speak right. so i think now's the time to speak if if y'all are feeling this way not to like suddenly be on a soapbox <laughs> no, no, no. if y'all are feeling this way speak up but it's true it's like you know yeah well you know there there is um you know there is a an there is sort of like as I was saying, there's kind of a there's kind of a garden, you know, that the that to be an artist you you draw from, and I think it, you have to kind of work free. Mm-hmm. And you have to work, you have to work uncensored. You have to work, you have to work explicit 100%. as an artist. You know, you want it. And, that's and, and, that's and where society, all the society, at, society benefits from um, having an open conversation. Look at Lou you know? Reed, man. Look at Lou you Reed. Know? Lou Reed's a perfect example. One of the greatest artists, poets of all time. Yeah. Always on that edge, man. Like. I mean, like street yeah. hassle, like I want to be crazy. black, all yeah. that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, you know, it's just it's wild the chances he took in that regard and pushing those lines and like, you know, even in the, into yeah, his last is, album, like which was like it's crazy lyrically and amazing. Lulu, the one he got so much oh, right, like yeah. shit for with Metallica, which is actually awesome, and will be like loved in the future, and everybody will go, oh, we were wrong, <laughs> just like every one of his other records. Right, right. In my opinion, you know, there's a book called the Advanced Genius Theory. Do you know about that? No, like, it's some it's a book. Um, these guys, I don't really know because I didn't read it. And uh, but I guess people should check it out if they think this is funny. Well, I like the title. The, the idea is that you know, uh, Lou Reed and Dylan and Bowie, you know, during their their 90s or whenever people think that they think that they lost the plot in some way, mm. you know, I don't know, you know, whatever whatever album you want to pick by some legend that you think. That lost. They, they, they they lost the plot there. Yeah. That um. Would that be the, the, That's the actually yeah, exactly. Well, that, that that's that's so when they were the most geniuses. The book contends that you know you don't get it. Like they yeah. are geniuses, and this was they they reached a point of advanced genius that is beyond you. Yeah. And 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 so they didn't stop becoming geniuses. You just stopped you st- understanding what well, they're doing. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. So I want to read that it's book. It's called Advanced Genius Theory. That's great. That's like perfect for Lou. Cause yeah, he, you feel it. You feel it sometimes. Like, you know, even with uh, like this Iggy Pop record, um, Zombie Birdhouse. Have you heard that? No. Which one's that? It's uh, Is it recent? It's an, no, it's an 80s record. Oh. Uh, it's I, it's kind of great. It's, people I like Avenue B. Did you ever uh, hear that? Yeah, one? Avenue B. Yeah. 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 I listen to it in the car a lot. I mean, yeah. I, I listened to, I actually was listening to the latest Iggy pop record. It sounded really good. Is it? Yeah. I haven't heard it yet. Um, but yeah, like... Um, Love Iggy. All these people, uh, you know, I guess they, they, they reached uh, heights of advanced genius. Well, Lou did. And then Lou, within, you know, his lifetime, like some of his, like, supposedly he lost it periods were then later, like, you know, while he was still alive. Oh, this was right. actually fucking killer. Yeah, or even know? like, like a, I guess, metal machine music or something. Right. And now people say, oh, you know, it's like... He became uh, the yeah. historic plumber. Like, right, eventually right, right. people recognized it down the right. line. What you do you know, mean, historic plumber? Just back to Mario. Oh, yeah, like an, uh, like an uh, avatar. Lou, <laughs> right. you know, 20 years later, yeah. people... I always thought it was kind of funny how it's like Bruce Springsteen, right? Like, 
and Lou Reed sort of, you know, they like if you take Bruce Springsteen's like white shirt and you change it to a black shirt and then you take his blue jeans and you change them to black jeans and then you take away his uh, bandana and you put black sunglasses on instead, like he becomes kind of Lou Reed. Like, and, yeah. you know, and he, he, he sings about America and Lou Reed just sings about New York. Right. But you know yeah. what I mean? They, they have like, a, I don't know, there's like. Well, he's on street hassle. Yeah, he's on street hassle, and that's yeah, like unidentified. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you know, which is so hysterical. And Lou Reed, like just the phrase, the phrase, himself. like something that he says, tramp. You know, because Springsteen says tramps like us, baby, yeah, we were born to run. Then on street hassle, he says tramps like us, we were born to fade. <laughs> um, but then, and then I think on Lana Del Rey's new record, she has something like her record is called "Born to Die." There's uh-huh. a song, um, uh, something. Uh, but the chorus is like, we were born to die. Right. So I feel like it's just sort of, it's kind of a, it's like this kind of AB of something, something, we were born to something. It's yeah. like this sort of vocal tick that Springsteen brought, but everyone loves it. Like, you know, yeah. something, something, we were born to blah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> something, something, we were born to blah. Something, something, we were born to blah. Well, that's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, that's that's a- the next one. <laughs> that's your version of it. <laughs> Something, something. We were born to blow. Oh, you actually speaking of tribute to Berman. Um, there was. I was speaking last night to. You know who Jeffrey Lewis is? Uh, yeah, yeah. An amazing songwriter. Yeah. He was pointing out this. There's a great Berman lyric uh, from his song San Francisco, BC, and uh, the lady says, "Um, you don't make enough to provide for me, but what about the things that we quote believe?" Right. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I think that just the, his uh, quote "believe" is was really great. That's pretty really funny. great lyrical twist. Yeah. Um, it's like a simple thing like that. Yeah, it's cool. You remind me of Lou Reed in uh, a little bit in your in an interesting way. Like, uh, I don't know. Was he a big influence on you? So much. Yeah. 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 I mean, growing up, I mean, I remember when I first got the Velvet Underground and Nico. Um, I had a tape. And it doesn't have a picture of the band on it, mm-hmm. you know. So and and it was pre-internet. I didn't I didn't know what they looked like. Uh, yeah. I heard Lou Reed, and first I thought, because you know it was like Sunday morning, and I'm waiting for the man and stuff. I thought he was young, like really young. I mm. thought I thought he was like 16. Right. Like in my head, I thought I was like, oh, he's like a kid. And then I thought he's a, he's a hippie. Like I thought he had long hair. I thought I pictured him like he was a kind of like a hippie with long hair who was like this kind of like weird little kid yeah. like i just i don't know i just i had no and then when i first saw a picture of him i was like whoa oh shit i didn't know you look like that right like uh well, you know and then and then and then during the glam period That's which so is very funny. strange for him um did you but, get uh, to meet him i did get to meet lou reed uh at the bowery ballroom uh but it was you know it was, it was a bunch of us around him and he was kind of like you know just meeting people and i was playing at the time with uh, jane scarp and tony who was a string arranger she was his cellist. She was oh, yeah. And his band. I played with her. She's before. awesome. Yeah. She's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So, we, yeah. you know, so she had invited me to the show. And so anyways, there was this, um, there was this, she, at the time they were, they were, it was before they did the Berlin thing. Mm. They, they were like, with just Julius talking about what to, novel. they were talking about what, what to play. And so I recommended to her that they played Men of Good Fortune. Cause I love that song. I love that song. So, I covered that song. Dude. I love that song. So, me too, yeah. so, so, so months later, Jane comes to me and she says, you know, I, I, I mentioned Men of Good Fortune to Lou and, he, you know, he's added it to the show. Wow. So so you got to come and they're going to play it. <laughs> so they played that. And so we like uh, whatever. After the show, I was in this huddle with him and he was telling some kind of like, honestly, it was it's so New York. He was like telling an anecdote about Allen Ginsberg's funeral or something. Mm-hmm. And she said, um, she said, oh, Lou, this is Adam. He's the guy that told us to play men of good fortune and he just he got that look like what 
Like he he was not happy that I was the uh, guy that told it. him to play Men of Good Fortune. He was uh, like did not like that. Oh, he did. That was not like the right way to say it. That or wasn't something. the right way. He to did say not. It. He did not like enjoy that. And he and he and he he got really cold. And he just said, and we played it. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, but so then anyways, but then I was like kind of the ice cracked cracked again, and he was like finishing up his anecdote about Allen Ginsberg's funeral. And, you know, by that point, I was like, oh, my God, Lou Reed, Lou Reed, Lou Reed's here. Lou Reed's yeah. here. And, and he finished it with, like, a punchline about, like, I swear to God, like, I'm going to, I don't know the punchline. Yeah. But the punchline was something like, and people said, but how far could he have gone? Like, it was like, it was like, like a punchline <laughs> like that. Like, and he was waiting for yeah, a reaction. And, 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 you know, nothing, nothing. <laughs> you know, because it was like, I didn't understand the joke and I didn't, was like, couldn't, I couldn't listen. Yeah. And then um, he was done. But yeah, but it was cool. I got to meet him, and it was thank you, Jane, for introducing us. And it, yeah. was, it was cool. But you know, but I used to see him around as well. You know that, and it was felt yeah, good you could to see him all around. Lou, Lou, Lou Reed would walk around, uh, would walk around this neighborhood, and you, yeah. would, you would see him. And that and that's that's that was special. Or, yeah. It made you feel like you were in the right place. That's true. He and he had the reputation of being like off, you know, like sort of like hard or off-putting sometimes. But like that's like because he was walking around. It's like. You would right. need a you would need a uh, what do you call it a shell of some sort to be a legend. Walk, of course, just being he didn't there was no bodyguards. It was just him hanging around. Yeah, he'd wear these like leather <laughs> pants and stuff, and people, people would come up to him and he'd probably just all the time. You know, yeah, he'd be like, okay, like, please leave me alone. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like you know, it'd just be like, yeah, yeah. You know, but you're like the the what I hear of the influence of Lou in your work is different than what I normally, when I would normally, when people normally say that. Okay, You're, well, how do you mean? I mean, it feels to me like you are, like, I don't know, lyrically for one. You're, lyr like, lyrically just, like, the, and I don't even mean, like, in any kind of, like, style ripoff way. I just mean in a, in a way that you're... Yeah, you're sort of so conscientious of your words, and that's like actually like when you're yeah. listening to your music, it's like it it's like a, it, it it like kind of relieves a certain part of your brain, you know, like when somebody's actually paying a lot of attention to what they're saying, and you, it's right, a, right. it almost hits you like a, a relief, like you're like, oh, thank God, like somebody's like awake oh, right. in this department. <laughs> nice. Yeah, like not a, everybody is awake in that department. You know. Uh, well, I mean, there's definitely a conscious thing that you know was uh, was certainly influenced by him. Uh, you know, yeah. I, as as just in a delivery way. I mean, I just every, mm. I mean everything about. It. I grew up just as a huge Velvet Underground fan and yeah. Lou Reed fan. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, like uh, it's it's crazy because uh, I, I also think just he had a unique thing where he had a combined uh, passion. Like it, it's it's not just that he was so smart. Uh, it's just that he like really felt his music a lot. Yeah. You know, because you could be really smart and not write any good songs. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? It's like, it's just something about he just had a great combination of, of both. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, y you know, uh, it's it's always funny because I, I like, sometimes I'm drawn to people that are sort of natural contra contrarians. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because they sort of, uh, you know, the you can always count on them to like not like anything. And it's kind of comforting almost to curmudgeonly people that don't it, like anything. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I don't know. Uh, and he, he's funny like that. Like, you know. The kind of person who, who, uh, I mean, even in his old age, you know, that he got so into like kung fu or tai chi. He got so into tai, tai chi, chi yeah. and like all this, and he, uh, you know, uh, like like kind of new technology, like guitar center type stuff. Oh like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, he loved headphones. I'd always get like new pairs of headphones. I remember like I was hanging out with him one time, and 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 I saw like on his phone like 
he was showing me some headphones and the album that came out on his phone was van halen i was just like blown (laughs) away but then it made sense too because eddie van halen he loved guitar playing and guitar you know and just any anything like that so yeah i mean if you can ever hear lou reed's stories they're always they're always cool yeah surprising like little like surprising antidotes but and so like also i guess you're influenced production-wise on the new stuff by, like, some Serge Gainsbourg vibe or the yeah. producer you're working with is, like, yeah, when I was on that, Yeah, I was on that tip for a while just because I loved the production on... Uh, Me too. Uh, ...on the 70s uh, Gainsbourg records. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, this producer, Lauren Humphrey, he's um, he uh, he has a studio in Bushwick. Um, well, actually, no, I'm sorry. It just moved to Long Island City. But he, he uh, you know, he literally, like, studies photographs of Serge. the Melody Nelson session, and he, like, finds that microphone or those headphones yeah. or he he uh, reads about it and and he he was sort of building up this this studio that had a collection of of uh, equipment that would sound like yeah. uh like to make it sound like uh, the melody nelson session yeah so um it's fun but you, but you know honestly music. you if you if you don't if you, you need to have the right players do it i mean mm-hmm. and, and that's why i got lucky on the thing because because uh lauren is incredible drummer um and i was playing with james richardson from mgmt mm-hmm. who's like this amazing uh, kind of baroque guitar player and uh jesse katansky who did the strings and uh, you know delicate steve was playing guitar i had uh, this great uh amount of musicians that were yeah. you know on the, on the record um you know and uh they were making it sound like the ultimate kind of session band man that's st- the surge stuff too is like super funky and yeah. you can see all the way through to the bottom of it i, I kind of realized like what is about this that's so sort of magical sounding and there's yeah. no acoustic like there's no acoustic guitar filling up all the space it's yeah, like yeah. bass drums and then string flourishes and then yeah. Serge's voice is huge yeah, in the mix. yeah it's really like, it's really loud and you know, you know there's it's also just something about like um i mean it, it, this idea of folk funk is almost yeah which is like funky like folk funk is a fun idea but like for some reason just sort of lived and died in the 70s yeah you know, I, I don't know like uh you know, it, back, back then people didn't even really have a bass drum. I mean, I mean the bass drum. It's almost like an '80s thing. Like, right. you know, I mean, people didn't really put like a microphone on a bass drum. Like, it was just like assume that you could kind of hear it anyway. Like, you didn't have to like make it that loud. Right. You know, and the shotgun snare and all that stuff that became the '80s aesthetic. The '80s aesthetic is kind. Of, I was thinking about it recently, and it seems like the '80s, uh, the '80s. Uh, you know style is like almost covered with neon or something like i mean just like down to every aspect of it it's like slightly <laughs> glowing with neon it's like someone like poured a little bit of toxic waste on everything yeah you know um uh but you know it's all it's funny and then the uh i'm sorry these are just a few random things about the feelings about things but but i realized when i was watching seinfeld and i thought like the, it's felt like the his room seinfeld's room with the old mac computer like uh-huh. felt like it was kind of furry or like some, the texture of it like i think the kind of old things feel like they're kind of covered with these weird things like to me like the past is kind of covered with fur yeah or like or neon yeah or neon or there's just like like back there you know it's like it's like a hole <laughs> and there's all kinds of <laughs> things coming from it you know um yeah but like uh, what will this feel like it's covered with yeah what do well, you this think brings us back to the fact that maybe if we're not on the what did you call it earlier like on the edge of right now or right, you know, right. we're always right now as soon as we're not now yeah, is then, it covered with something like when you walked in here right an right. hour ago or whatever is that covered with anything i wonder well you know with the, the iphone has a certain look that that was actually one of the fun things about making a movie directed on an iphone mm-hmm. uh yeah 
by the way, I, I also want to caveat is that I think that it was kind of, okay, the iPhone has a look. So things will, from our time, look like iPhones. iPhone-y. Um, but, iPhone-y. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, but, I, but I think that the, uh, okay, the reason, the, the wrong Ferrari, which was my first movie, was shot on an iPhone because that, that was like the instrument that we were taking on tour. You know, like it was like that was the camera that mm-hmm. we had and like we were making this movie and it was kind of, kind of making it up as it, as it went along. Yeah. Uh, so it has a use for it. It's like it's it's shot on an iPhone because like you can you can you can just be like go click. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, it's immediate. Exactly. So that's the reason to shoot a movie on an iPhone. But what I think is so dumb is that now, all these years later, there's like all these people will do. Um, you know, I shot my movie on an iPhone, and like it's almost like something that they did, like if um, they did it for the wrong reason. Right. Like, they, they did, did it, it on like purpose. they wanted to say that they, but they didn't even they approached it really methodically and like right. shot an i like. You're supposed to use an iPhone like it's For a tool. It's 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 like it's impulsive. Yeah. That's why, like why you use an iPhone. You don't use it like for just to like just test to technology. Say. Yeah. That's kind of silly. I I've just I people would, have the completely wrong idea about an iPhone movie. Do you edit your own stuff or did you get an editor? Oh, I well, I I worked with editors. Yeah. I've worked with a few editors, and honestly, it's so, it's so helpful. Ma- making yeah. movies is like a very collaborative thing. You yeah, know what I mean, like uh, so even if you have, have a vision for it, like you know, it ends up that you know the problem is that you have to only work with what you get. So so you could have the best line and the best actor, but the line is not, it just doesn't come off right. And mm-hmm. then it doesn't matter, you can't use it. Like it's, you have to work around it. So it's like not about what you meant to do, it's like what you actually got is is, is the thing. Mm. So that that's where the editor comes in, in handy is the editor says, this is this sucks. Yeah. like it's you know never like, about what you can you, try to convince me that this is cool but this is bad paintings are like that paintings are never about what you meant to do they're always about what's just right, right there on right. the canvas damn it but isn't that weird though that like it's, a, it's like you don't have to be able to do exactly what you want like right i'm saying like they, that's sometimes still, it's, still it's better okay. yeah than, and then you think but did you run out of space when when you were filming on an iphone all the time or did you upload yeah. it to like yeah, we'd have to, to upload it yeah exactly we'd have to you know it was before you could even link it up so it was sort of like with a cord and we were always yeah you have to you'd have to uploading all exactly the time. Yeah. yeah and you know and it was and it, it didn't have a lot of memory that makes sense uh, but yeah it was you know and then, then the sound was atrocious so how'd you deal with that uh, I overdubbed all the sound. So, oh, you did? So it's an 80 minute movie, so we had to do right, it like, we'd approach it like it was a cartoon. Like I got it. Like, all lip synced. Oh, I've been doing that all my movies, but I, I learned that from Fellini and, and Jodorowsky. Oh, really? They, I, they overdubbed it all? I like how they overdub it, because first of all, you can change the line up until the end. You can actually change the line. So even is Aladdin overdubbed? It's overdubbed, yeah. That's so then, liberating to hear, dude. And then um, the whole thing, the whole I'm, movie's overdone. I think Adam, I think Adam's really? inspiring me to make a movie, or at least, <laughs> but then also, or at least think about making yeah. a movie. But you like, know, if if you have it all overdubbed, then it, it also that helps it feel like it's like from an alien world, <laughs> which yeah. I like. Anything that has the otherness to it is, it, is appealing to me. It's appealing to me too. Yeah, yeah you have that appeal, like um, that sort of otherness, outsider kind of vibe. It's fun. Yeah, I mean, or I don't know, but. That, I guess it's even it's kind of like a you make a sub world. It's like you you make a it's like a subculture, right? Because yeah. you make a sub world where where you get to you know make your own world up. It's a sub world. Mm-hmm. Is it like <laughs> yeah? I was gonna make a subway sandwich joke, but then I just left it on the table. <laughs> a subway Fuck sandwich. That. Did Jessica Simpson ever get in touch with you about that song? Uh, oh, okay. Well, because uh, that's a beautiful song. Well, you know, and it, it's a loving song, even though it's kind of like there is a slight diss in it. But yeah. It, but I wondered if she ever got. She had an, uh, 
I mean, a I heard. Lawyer, no, I mean, I, I heard. I heard. I heard that she had heard it. Um, but I, you know, it was. It was really just a song. I, I made this song based on a picture that I had yeah. seen of her. Um, and in a ma- it was like a magazine. You know, like I just saw a picture, and so I, I made up like my own fantasy about yeah. what. I knew that she was sort of like a, I guess like kind of, I don't know, evangelical or like kind of like. I don't know, maybe kind of right wing, um, like pop singer. Like I didn't really know exactly. My 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 impression was like she was sort of like a, you know, a, like a George Bush mm. voting pop singer. All right. Like right. I don't know, that was my impression of her. Yeah. Uh, but but I don't know if that's true. Maybe it was never true. I mean, it was, I didn't know anything about her, and the, the song is really just a fantasy. Yeah. yeah. It's a it's cool. It's a good song. Thank man. you. All right. What we we have, what is this? We have a card picking section. Okay. Which is like got a questions. We, we I just got this deck. Sometimes we do like. We usually do this on helium, but we don't have the helium here today. Okay. Do, I, right. do I don't do I read mine yet or yeah, no? Yeah, yeah you okay. read yours. Uh, okay. If you want to. Okay, so mine says, "How does singing make you feel?" <laughs> is, is, are these actually music cards or no? no they're just oh. gra- they're just random questions. Oh, <laughs> it feels like it's like. Uh, okay, well, singing <laughs> makes me feel. Like relaxed, I think. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Like I, I think honestly, like I find it to be soothing to sing, yeah. and that's like I, I find myself drawn to making up songs because, yeah, because there's something soothing about like vibrating my body to the point that it gets yeah. kind of relaxed. Yeah. yeah. When did you start singing? Uh, really young. I mean, you know, Moldy Peaches for, was my old band. Um, mm-hmm. Right. Th- that's actually my. That was my middle school or high school band or. Whatever. Oh, for real? Yeah. With it was the uh, same band members? Uh, well. Kimia, who was you know my partner in the Moldy yeah. Peaches, she uh, she was um, yeah she she lived in my town. She's a bit older than me. People don't realize that Kimia's uh, Kimia's nine years older than me. So oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, but she was so she was already like you know she was already kind of like a, a veteran of my town. She was like working at the record store. And so it was I, kind I was of like, awesome that you got in a band with somebody that was already a veteran, right? Yeah, it was cool. You know, that like yeah, cool, she yeah. she was like of drinking age. I, yeah. I was like a teenager. It was cool. Yeah. Uh, but like. Um, it was it was interesting because uh, but you know a, as we grow older the age difference is less and less you know it's like yeah now age, it's so. like you're the same age yeah but but uh, so did she kind of mentor your musical development in any kind of way or was it uh, definitely I mean yeah like I, well I mean just I think like lyrically because I'm really lucky that Kimia was from my town because she's like what town was that uh, it was from Mount Kisco New York oh, okay she's, she lived in Bedford Hills which uh-huh. is a town yeah like I mean yeah. she's like a like, you know a total genius like and I, I was like so lucky to just basically like I mean if you're gonna bump into one person that works at a record store and it's, yeah. it's her you know uh, you know, and then we started. Seems like two geniuses got she, together in a she, weird town. <laughs> she was, she was really. How inspiring. did you guys get together? Uh, she was. Well, we were at. An, there was an open mic, uh, at the. It was a school open. Mic, or, no, sorry, it was a art center. Mm-hmm. And then we went to the open mic, and um, they. Uh, she read some poetry about like being a sad person. I played some song that was probably like. Nirvana ripoff, <laughs> like a Beck I did a lot of those. Yeah, and then you know, and then uh, I have albums with those on. Dude, and then she was like, <laughs> and I remember coming to the store, and she was like, "Are you that kid that, you know, that did that?" And, and I was like, "Yeah." And so then I brought my guitar because I was working as the uh, wipe down um, table kid at Pizza Pizzazz. I think they call that a bus boy. Yeah, I was the bus boy, yeah. and I was working the arcade. I and I brought, I brought, boy, I brought yeah. over like some stuff, and we just started writing songs in the record store. Wow. Wow. Um, and then uh, we. Yeah, so then and then I was like, you want to come over to my house? I have a four track. I have like, and we just uh, started going. And, and then that was the moldy peaches. Yeah, we just started. We, we recorded some of the stuff that's on the album. You know, the, the album the is track. kind of yeah, it's kind of a 
the album is all home recorded. It's from it's just a collection of the best things that we did between maybe when I was about like thirteen or fourteen to when I was nineteen. That's awesome. Yeah, it was. So when you yeah. got that first tour with the Strokes, that was like right off that first album. Yeah, that was well. That was done at that point. That was uh, the the Moldy Peaches was. Uh, uh, yeah, we were just. Um, we, uh, I, I met Albert. I was working at a, a clothes store called Ragsagogo, which is like a, you know. A, I know. Is that yeah. in the city? Yeah, they still have one on 14th Street. Yeah. Uh, that w- I was working there. He came is in. That on first. It, yeah, th- this one was on uh, St. Mark's Place. Oh, okay. Yeah, between, yeah, between first and, and second. Okay. Yeah. And so I was. Oh no, sorry, it was on seventh between first and second. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, he just came in there and we started talking. You know we were like we gave each other flyers for our thing and uh, and then uh you know he i guess they had had a show at mercury lounge and he uh asked me to uh open it and wow. so i took kimya and we we like played a moldy peaches set and this was like the you know the beginning of this huge thing that we didn't realize Strokes, was happening yeah. yeah and so like all of a sudden you know like just playing a show at the mercury lounge at that time people were like you know like wanted to sign you or write articles about you and we, we just uh, we, we we signed to the same record label as the strokes and we were managed was it rough by trade? To, to rough trade yeah yeah we were managed by the um by the same managers uh, uh ryan gentles oh that's cool so so yeah so then we just we went over to england and that was amazing for us like going wow. to london we were like we you know we got like recognized on the street right we, we thought that was amazing that That's, is amazing yeah nme was writing about you and all yeah. that kind of stuff labels had money back then to, to it's crazy, yeah. I mean, when you, you when you think about it, I mean, like a video shoot or something, you know, like you used to spend as much uh, on a video that would be more than what Making anyone would give album. you for the album, yeah. yeah. Now, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the Strokes as well. They're like, yeah, uh, they, they've aged really well as a yeah. band too. Yeah, I just saw them play at um in England. I saw them play at uh Victoria Park. It was, you know, it's great. They just announced the New Year's show at Barclays. Are, are they going? Oh, really? Let's yeah, go. I'd love yeah. to. Let's go. do that. I want to go. I I hope they put out a new album. I think that they will. You yeah, know, they, they were, they their were, first album is still my favorite. Yeah, yeah. They they're. I mean, they have. It's a. Harmar it's a classic, was on that you know. same tour. Harmar was. He was. He was on that tour. He wasn't um, on the leg uh, that we were on uh, because he was. Um, he uh, he was he was opening at a different. Opener. Yeah, he was. Um, I met Harmar around that time, um, and uh, uh, yeah, like I mean, uh, uh, I, I actually I think I met him at NYU. We played a show at NYU. That was funny. Uh, yeah, but Harmar is like I mean, like and he's well, in your mo- in Aladdin. Yeah, I mean, he, oh, yeah. Well, he's one of my best friends, and I mean, I I just he's like yeah. he's we, just so amazingly creative. With, uh, heart yeah. bones. Heartbones. Oh yeah, Heartbones. Yeah, 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 yeah. They yeah, yeah I think I saw you at that show. Oh I, yeah, I was at that show. Oh yeah, yeah. That was really, really cool. It was really good. Yeah, um, yeah they, like they a, did it in the round, and everyone was dancing around. I, that's hard to pull off, you know. Yeah. Have, for people who don't know, like we we basically yeah. saw Harmar's new band uh, play Heartbones, in yeah. they Heartbones. They they played uh, around a circle stage, mm-hmm. and everyone was standing around in a, a circle stage. So you know. As a performer, how do you even know where to look or what yeah. to do? And yeah. they basically had to handle it as if they were like hosting a big party, like a bar mitzvah or something. Like yeah. they had to like <laughs> basically dance, like and get everyone to like do conga lines yeah. and everything, because like we had and a everybody circle did it, and everyone did it, because you know, you know, New Yorkers aren't that cool, man. We all were dancing around the stage, or actually, that makes um, us cool. That's why we're cool. But if, if anyone can get people, I mean, actually, and, and Sabrina as well, because yeah. she's great. And but but Harmar can get anyone to dance. Yeah, He's he comes at, at it with such a like a uh, open, yeah, just 
unassuming but also confident energy it's yeah a very strange mix of a human being like yeah yeah i was actually i was really happy we were uh we were on some um uh show i was singing backups on a harmar song and it was a, a jimmy fallon show Oh, okay. And Jimmy Fallon introduced Harmar and gave him again the warmest introduction. Like said, he was like a legend of, of uh, you know, indie rock. And I just thought yeah. it was great. I just thought like, you know, I, I think everyone feels that way about Harmar. I do. I think he's great. Yeah. He got the key to the city in Minneapolis, yeah. which is like. Dude, you know, I was I was with Harmar I mean, in, in Minneapolis and, and we went to like a, we go to a diner. Yeah. Free breakfast. Really? Yeah. Like, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> just because. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Yeah. You know, Harmar, he's like, a, no, he's a. You know, like he—he's a. Uh, if you're in Minneapolis with him, yeah, it's like that's a very special experience. I can't wait. I hope that happens to me one day. Hey, so but the Moldy Peaches, the first album you guys did a lot of it was on four track cassette. Yeah, that four track and eight track and eight a, track all cassette. A, yeah, there was a like a the eight the track Tascam is a Tascam. Yeah, and the, the 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 four track was a Yamaha. Uh huh. MT fifty. That's what I want to say. That's what my brain says. Mm hmm. Uh, that was great. I mean, you know. Uh, it's like funny because now you can have that on your phone. I mean, it's like it's the same technology that yeah, everyone but has. It but it doesn't like, sound like. But the cassette tape does something to it. Like it makes it sound does sound kind of cool. Because I, I I got a band with Peter Buck and we're and we're making our second record That's crazy. right now. Yeah, it's called Arthur Buck and uh, Jackknife Lee's mixing it with this guy Matt Bishop and they're doing all of the mixes like on VHS or on cassette or anything like this. Like really like making it sound like like a replacements record like right, they're making right. it sound fucked up on purpose and it's like we're getting the mixes back and it's like oh my god this is awesome right. oh yeah that was on a vhs you know and like they're mixing down onto that and stuff like that you know but I, I, you know, when i was recording with noah georgeson who i recorded uh, my other albums with he was able to get a lot of um really really i mean uh what do you call it analog sounding effects that were like you know uh i don't exactly know what he was using mm. but I mean, obviously, oh, like, like Lauren, who I recorded, who I recorded my new record with, you know, we, as, I was, as I was saying, he was really using tapes, and, and that's yeah. why it sounds that way. But, you know, you can, like, as I, I saw with with Noah, that you can get those sounds to some degree mm. uh, on, on digitally if, if you're chasing it. That's true. I mean, I, I think it's complicated. I think you need to, this you need they, to know. They got good plugins now. I mean, it's like, what do you think about cameras, like with like filters? Like, can you tell the film? Well, you know, for no. example, or not. Yeah, like yeah. you mentioned with the Can iPhone, I gotta say it's it's. Yeah, you're talking about that, like the the new uh, the new app. It looks um, everything with looks the, that great. shoots like eight millimeter and yeah. sixty millimeter. Yeah, it looks it, really real. Um, I know. You know, uh, and, and at the end of the day, I mean, you know, if you're looking for a feeling, you know, then I mean, you know, if you can get that feeling, you know, however you get it, I yeah. think that's you know, probably yeah. It makes sense, but that's crazy though. You're in a band with Peter Buggs. Wow. Yeah, that was we, one of my first concerts. REM. Yeah. Well, oh, Joe really? Opened for REM. What tour was that? Uh, Around the Sun, in Europe. Wow. I opened up like ten shows at these arenas up by playing a solo. How? That's crazy. Yeah. How did that happen? Uh, I never asked you that. Who? How'd you get the gig? Oh, because I was, because uh, Peter Buck used to come to my shows when I would come through Seattle. He would come to like my gigs, and then. Uh, um, so you were friends we, we became friends, yeah, and then um, they just asked me to open up the tour, and then it's wild. That's yeah. a crazy email to get. <laughs> yeah, it was really, really call, good, really, like, really intimidating. Was too. that a phone call or an it email? It wasn't a phone call or an email. I can't remember <laughs> actually. Probably, uh, or probably came through my manager. To be honest, I don't really know. 
It was so long ago and now. Then, it was like 2006. I do remember this. I was drinking back then, and I um, and they're, they're a fun band to hang out with and drink with. Or you know, they were yeah. or like Peter's pretty sober now, and I am sober, but uh, I wasn't then. And like there was lots of wine and stuff. And, and I and the last gig was in Italy, and I have don't remember being on stage with them at all i would like because i would play uh their last song with them like wow a couple songs and i have no recollection of but it happened and then i went all the way home um i like woke up at like four in the morning like a tour manager guy knocking on my door is like you gotta go i went to it like through the airport uh in italy or something like that i walked by these dogs all this other stuff Got all the way home, get all the way to New York, go through security and everything, and I'm like a, tr I look like a train wreck because right, like right. I was that, like it was just blasted basically. Right, right. Um, Do you remember if it was everything okay? Do you? Well, I didn't know too. Like, so I'm like flying with all that doubt of like, what did I do? Did I fuck <laughs> up? Like, you know what I mean? Right, like, right. it was such a weird way to end a whole great experience yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, it turns out everything's fine. Like, you know, we're in a band together now, but like. But as I could get all the way home back, and I was living in Dumbo at the time, I get to my Dumbo apartment, and I like reach in my pocket, and I pull out a big chunk of hash, like in cellophane. I had no recollection. No of way. Getting it, I didn't even remember how I got it. And you were like, you were going through the airport, and I went and all the way through like an Italian airport, <laughs> all the way through customs, looking like a wreck, looking like you should definitely flag right. this person. Pocket. You should, you know. <laughs> And I was like, so it was like this weird mix of feelings. Like at first it was just like, oh no. And then it was like, oh hell yeah, now I have hash and I'm in New York, which is really. Those dogs don't do shit, right? Yeah, they, I guess it was for bombs. It must uh, have been for bombs. I don't know. I, I always feel like that. Like I feel like, um, the, like, you know, the dog, I feel like they'll bark for the wrong reason. Yeah. I don't know. But I got, I got lucky yeah. with that one. But um, what time is it? Is Adam's got to go in 10 go? minutes, yeah. All right, I want to read this card. Okay, Imagine yourself in the future. What will your greatest life accomplishment be? Wow, that's heavy. Imagine yourself. <laughs> your legacy. Man, I hope it is, like, just helping people identify toxic behavior in their life and coming to terms with it and being – and just not being – Right. Thwarted by like themselves or saying by themselves or by other people. I, I was, hope that's I was thinking my about like this, you know, because my friend had a phrase um, about like uh, it's called like self-limiting behavior. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't want to like, you know, use that to enable people to be like psychopaths or something. But right. it does seem like, you know, a lot of times you're you know, you think about some future idea you want to do and then you make up some reason why you can't do it. Right. You know what I mean? Or like and it, it's just silly. It's like, oh, you can't do that because you have this other hang-up that has nothing to do with you know what i mean like would you would you would you continue having that hang-up if you knew that it was going to like prevent you from from doing what you want to do with your life you know um yeah exactly but uh, that is so true like it's like it's like you are worried about what other people are going to think or how you're going to affect other people when in truth i think you just really have to like live and speak your truth and understand that it's like yeah i don't know just not be afraid yeah yeah like uh you know but it's you know it's easier than said than done. I mean, you know, people, people do, um, you know, they do have periods in their life where you try to, you try to, you know, test it a little bit. You know, you see, 
can I go a little further in these directions, you know, like than I have, have gone before, you know, can, right. like, what are my fears? Can I, can I try to, to conquer some of them? You yeah. know what I mean? And it's, uh, uh, it's good to check in with yourself. It's a kind of, it's almost like, you know, having a hand outside the machine, you know, like if you don't have anything that's course correcting you, you know, if you don't, if you don't try to have a bird's eye view on yourself and you don't know yourself, you know, you just end up like, you know, you're going to eventually putter out and stop, you know, if you don't have someone, you know what I mean? Like a machine, with a, like a machine without anything, anyone to give it fuel, anyone to guide the machine to something, Yeah. you know, it's just eventually going to just, you know, either run out of gas or just fall off a cliff. Yeah. You know, I, I, I have the same, this reminds me of this thing. Cause I, you know what metacognition is? No. Metacognition is like the only, like what humans can do that animals can't. It's like what we can do is like, uh, like, okay, I'm afraid. And then you can say, who's afraid and then you can say who's asking who who's afraid and you can keep up leveling your right, perception right, right. so you become the witness of your thoughts rather than just identifying right. as oh, these really endless cool. succession of thoughts and then that's like the point of meditation is that you practice like almost going to the gym but for like but for your mind or whatever becoming the witness of your thoughts right and i was right. like thinking about this while i was running was like when you're as the witness of your thought or like when you're in your thoughts identifying as your thoughts then you're in the remote control car and there's and you're and you're just and your subconscious is holding the remote right but if you're the witness of your thoughts then you're holding the remote and you can like guide your sort of like what you're kind of saying guide the machine without falling off a cliff right it's like lucid thinking or something like lucid what they call it lucid dreaming where you guide your dreams or just like what you like witnessing your thoughts because like if you if you think you are your thoughts then you're like liable to take them seriously right you know what i mean mean? whereas if you're witnessing your thoughts you can be kind of like really bro like there's there's another voice that can come in right and be like nah i think you might have that wrong why don't you try again you know right right you can almost self-parent or course correct but it's all yeah because yeah because self-parenting is almost like i feel like um related to the idea that there's sort of these different mechanisms that run your um your consciousness, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they're called like super ego or something. I don't, I don't exactly know yeah. what they're called, but the genie. Yeah. The, yeah. But you know, th- that idea of having a, a super ego or having a different parts, um, uh, that, you know, that, that govern who you are, like mm-hmm. that, the it, it was like a yeah, disciplining yourself or something, you know? Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's cool. It's cool to think that, um, you know, that you are, are, you know, many different things, you know, and that, that it's yeah. almost like sometimes it feels like reality is like many different, uh, cameras or something like, like you sometimes you get camera one sometimes you get camera two yeah you know and depending on how you're looking at it you know sometimes there's uh like a little bit of you know let's say you feel like really really like really really down and then all of a sudden your your one part of your personality gives your your other part a little boost yeah. or, or something you know yeah. what i mean it's almost like it gives it a when, when, when you're damaged your, your other part of your personality repairs your other part of your exactly. personality. You know if, what I mean? you, if you can identify as the director rather than camera one or camera two. Right, right. But like that's the, the, metacognition yeah. the metacognition is yeah. the director. like Becoming the director. The by witness, becoming the director. So Because so many people think they're camera two. Right, you know right, I mean? right. <laughs> like, right. Yeah, that's a good point. But they're not. They're the director. Or there's a part of us that's unchanging throughout our whole life life like from when we were like a little kid like till now that's like that unchanging aspect of us consciousness right right or whatever yeah it's weird because it's almost like is that your interior landscape like or 
are you are you are you like mainly just the things that you have in common with the pre- previous incarnations of yourself? You know, is that is that the definition of who you are the most? Yeah, I, that's a good question. Yeah. I don't know because yeah, are you the same as you were? Yeah. And like, how how are you? What what about you? How would you answer that? What would you want to be like? Imagine yourself in the future. What will your greatest accomplishment be? <laughs> I don't know. You don't know. Maybe Aladdin, because I, I just because I feel like it involves so many such a community of people, so it's kind of yeah. like bigger than me thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh, listen, if that is your greatest accomplishment, man, it's a job well done. Thanks. Like seriously, I'm a, I'm that big a fan of it, and and the music with it and everything. I think everyone needs to. Definitely do yourself a favor and check that out. My great, the greatest accomplishment is standing right next to you. I me. knew you. <laughs> That's the right answer. That's a good answer. <laughs> and you beat us all. Uh, uh, before we close, when is the new album coming out? What's next for you? Tour, etc. Uh, yeah, like uh, I'm, I'm going to go put out September 6th. I've got the comic book, the graphic novel War in Paradise is coming out, and there's an album called Engine of Paradise is coming out. Cool. Uh, so that's uh, uh, they're both coming out the same day, and so uh, Warren Paradise you can download it. Probably I think it's a it's going to be as a free PDF that people can download, and also there's going to be a awesome. physical book is going to be issued by Pioneer Works. That's great. And then uh, the album is coming out on uh, it's called Thirtieth Century Records. It's my new uh, record label, which is a record label that's owned by Danger Mouse. Wow. So uh, so it's been really pretty neat, and uh, it's been great being on this label. That's like what's good about it. Yeah. Um, oh, what's good about it? Yeah. Oh my God, this label is so like they let artists do what they want. It's amazing. Wow. Like they're the opposite. They're just like kind of like okay, you know, time to make a video, time to put up. You know, do you have cover art? It's like all the things that you want to do as an artist. Like they have, they've let me like be kind of just, you know, totally just deciding control. it. Yeah, it's been really, really neat. Thirtieth century. I guess because it's run, it's run by an artist, so it's yeah. been a cool label. Do the songs go together with the graphic novel? They do and they don't. You know, they're they're thematically uh, intertwined because I was writing the the all the writing is the same um, time. You know what I mean? Like I was writing all this stuff, the song, the lyrics of the songs. I was writing the same time as the script okay. to the to the comic. So the, you you'll see repeated lines, but you don't have to read the you don't have to read the graphic novel to understand the album and vice versa. You know, it's like you could you know either it would be fine. Why, but, but, what, you know, but, but the thing is, I, I originally did think the comic was going to be a movie. I thought that the gra- that War in Paradise was going to be a, a, a paper mache war epic, and that this was going to be gonna the soundtrack. You were going to do another one, like a, a kind of follow up. No, interestingly enough, to not make it a movie made me do a graphic novel, and that's something I've never done before. So, in a way, I'm glad that it got, I got to have a new experience. Yeah, I you think know? you're headed towards Broadway, probably with some Broadway. Of the, like, that'd be, you know, that's uh, that'd you be know, fun, you know, uh, you know. But the, sometimes I think about Broadway shows. It seems so stressful because you have to like, you have to like get it right every night yeah you know what i mean they're like there's so many things that could go wrong and at least like if you make a movie like they only have to just, you have to get it right that one time straight to saint anne's instead well it doesn't have to be broadway but you know what i mean like yeah. kind of like musical theater you know if you had a restaurant and like you have to like <laughs> you have to basically like if somebody likes like the burger at corner bistro and like yeah. they have to make it like that in Best 10 burger. years it's amazing yeah but I'm saying, like, but I'm saying, if I go there and it doesn't taste like that anymore, <laughs> Not then on an I'm off day. But then I'm done, you know. I'm saying, like, like it, it's like you have to get it right every night. Yeah. It's yeah. a production. Um, That's why yeah, we're damned to have to get it right every night. Yeah, dude, thank you for coming on the yeah. podcast. Thank you, thanks for having You're me. You're such a good guest, man. Oh, come on, appreciate nice. it. Thank you, dude. All right, I guess that's that, yeah, right? Yeah, fantastic. Do thank we have you. any any yeah. other questions? 
What a uh, website, adamgreen.com, Facebook, uh, you know, it's, Twitter. I think it's, it's adamgreen.net, I think. Uh, info. Or .info, .info. That's uh, what yeah. I'm, I'm a .info guy now. There's right. a, this guy who owns adamgreen.com. He, he doesn't want to give it to me. <laughs> Carmen, what about you? Got any questions? One last question? She Come on. She wasn't Come on, attention. one more question. Just a random one. What do you got? What do you got? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> oh, do you like dogs? <laughs> I do Perfect. like dogs, yes. I have a doggy. He's a white cavachon, and his name is Louie. Oh, that's so cute. Cool. Uh, Lou. <laughs> is he a big dog or uh, No, a he's dog? a little dog, and actually he is named after Lou. So, so that's a good, comes uh, full yeah. circle. Full what's, circle. He, what's he like? What's, what's his personality like? He's a, like, sometimes he could be rough and playful, but not like rough like a big dog. Rough like a, like a playful dog, like that kind of Oh, that's, that's a good way to be rough. Yeah. Yeah, just like he's loving rough. He's a sweet dog. He's a sweet dog. All right. Hi, Louie. <laughs> thanks. Shout out to Louie. Shout out, Louie. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Adam. Bye-bye. Hi, this is Joseph Arthur. Thanks for checking out Come to Where I'm From. Please support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash come to where I'm from. We are an independent podcast and any contributions you can make are greatly appreciated.